0: That is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the
1: most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Relentless, remorseless, has pounded Cordell Star into submission. welcome to another edition of the race out podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk i am here dean ryan in the towers of bookmakers.co.uk Dermot nolan is here how are you dean very well and paddy aspel is back paddy good to have you back
2: oh
1: lads. oh geez paddy are you in your bathroom or something sorry
2: i just uh... I just shut the window so it, your
1: man won't bother us anymore. Ah, uh, okay, <laughs> Start okay. Again, there, dude. No, 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 no. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Paddy's at Jack Berry House, of course, doing his uh, doing his catch up. So it's good to uh, good to have you on, Paddy. Welcome back to the Race Hour podcast. Got some great racing to talk about from previous weekend, and when and we get to the second part of the Race Hour this week, we will be talking about the return of Altior going up and trip, hopefully against surname surname. What are you calling them, demo surname? Surname. I, again, surname? I'm sticking with that. They term. should spell it right if it's surname. Yeah, yeah surname. Anyway, we'll get there. That'll be in the second half. Um, okay, so do remember, if you are listening to The Race Hour, do give us a, a rating on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Give us a big out. It's great to have you all aboard. Um, we're looking forward to this week's show. A decent week uh, for us again last week, demo Put the kettle on was a winner for you.
0: Put the kettle on was a winner for you. Was that your fourth
1: nap in a row now at Deffy Desai? Deffy, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've never done that before. <laughs> so I'm glad you highlighted
0: <laughs> we're, it. We're in, we're in uncharted territory here. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Uh, put the kettle on was, was uh, very good. And uh, the point I made, it uh, mightn't ring true for the rest of the season, but I just don't think Getaway Trump or Al dancer or, or any of these horses mm. are definitely not up to an arkel. And, and uh, I'm just not sure that they're anything special. They, they might be interesting if they can manage to keep their marks down for something like a grand annual, I think is kind of where they'll they'll peak. I just, I don't rate them at all. So, put the kettle on one, just like all the Henry de Bromhead chasers jumped absolutely brilliantly. She was a real sight to behold. Mm. But, uh... The, the whole form of the race you can kind of forget it I think really
1: potentially yeah I think you might be right we're all looking forward to seeing Lorena jump a fence and that might be where the Arkle Market gets a real shake up those two have been the early protagonists and now put in their place by Henry de Bromhead no hoper but perhaps not a no hoper anyway let's move on because we want to talk about some of the other horses that ran uh, during the weekend uh, For Heen and Duvan are back Der
0: they were yeah and both of them were excellent in very different ways I thought Willie Mullen spoke very well after the race as he always does and he just said that if Duvan was a five-year-old that had come from France, you'd be absolutely chuffed with that performance. And that's not wrong. You know what the horse did now. The substance of the form. Jet, he is what he is. Um, and Monley is always absolutely brutal on his debut. So it's, it's form that you wouldn't be ringing home about. But that's, that's not the point of what happened. Duvan was off for nearly 600 days. And he put up an absolutely monster of a performance so you have to be thrilled with that where he goes afterwards it looks like he's going back down to two which I think makes absolutely perfect sense he didn't he doesn't look at a, a stare to me at all his class got him home in that race in my opinion and him and Check and Persuad are very interested are very interesting sorry going forward and then Faheen <laughs> like his jumps were were like were kind of sketchy at times and everything else but the engine is there, everything you want in him is still there. He's a, he's a really serious pony and it was just absolutely brilliant to see him do that. It was a real heartwarming win because last season he did look like the towel was thrown in but real champions like him, their temperament never really drops off completely and he still wants it and that's the main thing, isn't
1: it? It, it certainly is. And I thought one of the crazier decisions I've seen in racing was to send an 11-year-old Forheen over fences. But they did it so yep. and it paid off and it well the horse is fine obviously enjoyed himself um delighted to see that duvan now is a slightly different tape because still mileage in the tank you'd imagine at nine years old paddy you would have seen both performances and um, they both maybe didn't look as good as ever but geez they're still good
2: yeah they are for sure i mean it's just i don't know it's sometimes it's certainly as far as faheen goes it's a little bit hard to swallow i think jumping fences because you just watch him and i don't know he he jumps a fence like a horse who has been hurdling all his life. Um, look, he is getting made a B, but Town had done very well to, to sit on down the back, and then he pitched at the back of the third last, and it was just pure ability. And obviously the engine is still there, and he did clear right away from the back of the last. But I don't know. I don't honestly know how well it sits to me seeing him jumping fences. But then people are will say, look, they're race horses, and that's what they're here to do. But um, God forbid, y- you just worry that. You know he's been such a good servant down the years. If something was to happen to, especially jump jumping fences, people are are very going to be very quick just to to uh, stick the knife in a little bit. But nonetheless, if he can get made to be, he's going to take a bit of beating, isn't he?
1: Yeah, that's the risk they took with with Forheen. Maybe not so much with Duvan, only being nine, and there's, you know, if he's fit to race, he should be racing. Forheen, it's a massive risk. I hope for both of them, actually, and people won't agree with me, I don't think, but that you keep them both at home this year. I wouldn't be travelling them, I wouldn't be over them. I'd pick up the races that are available to them in Ireland. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm in the minority there, Demo. What would you do?
0: I I'd agree with Faheen. Uh, I think um, kind of a swan song at the Punchestown Festival next year would be kind of perfect for him in a novice chase. I'm just not sure whether his jumping would stand up at Cheltenham. Now look, it's his first run, it could well improve bundles for that, but I think he was just clearly the best horse in that race. It's very hard to know where where we stand with him. It will be some story, uh, but Duvan, I, I still think that's a bit differently. I think he, he showed that he still jumps that really low arrow-like. I know he made the one mistake, but he's still plenty young enough that you can push him to see how far that he can go. Um, so Duvan, definitely not. I'd be travelling with him. I'd be doing whatever with him. But Faheen, I think he owes nobody anything and I will be looking after him anyway, definitely.
1: Okay, I always felt they looked after Duvan early in his career and they shouldn't have done. And now they maybe run out of time to do that. So you could be right. Maybe they just got to go... Tingle Creek or they've just got to go wherever whatever the opportunities are they've just got to go and, and throw them in the mix out to moving up in distance which looks likely uh, does open up a route there but like you said they've also got Shaquan and Persua. um fascinating times Rich yeah. richie has got the band back together well, certainly and, does. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see them on tour uh, during the season so looking forward to that uh, another Rich Ritchie horse term, I'll come to you on this one is uh, Saudier the hipster horse has, has come good and won a, a champion hurdle trial and won it very well now right near the top of the betting for that champion hurdle
0: yeah, um, he's a very underestimated horse. He'll continue to be after this run, understandably. How um, can be
1: underestimated now four to one for a champion hurdler? No, he's but I just,
0: just mean there's still people out there cribbing the form, which I do Me. understand. But like, <laughs> yeah. I was down, I was down at Punchestown with, um, and I was there with Mick McGuinness and Steve McGuinness, you know, two uh, confidants of, um, sure, of Rich Ritchie. And before the race, um, all the talk in the ring and Betfair reflected it was that Charger was the one of their two that was really suited to it. Uh, the ground might have been a question mark but he was the one to come forward from it and that Salde badly needed it when I looked at him going around the parade ring that's all you could think I looked at him he looked he looked chubby really for the want of a better phrase okay. um, classical dream looked really really fit really ready to go now I'm talking with someone who does not have the eye for this but still he looked more than ready to go the market reflected it but he was really on his toes uh, kind of didn't settle at all kept trying to go back out of the parade ring again himself so he can be forgiven that I think it was his first day at big school as well but it was just how he came to the last and just went away from him how much he drifted before the race he badly needed it I mean that's his first run since he broke his nose last year um, so it's a brilliant performance and that champion hurdle what is there three or four horses that can win the race and he's one of them now Like
1: only one yeah. Only one that can win the race, demo. <laughs> I go on record.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Bouvarde But um, yeah, I was, I have to say I was impressed. I didn't expect him to win because of the classical dream um, confidence that yep. was behind that Massive horse. Behind uh, Paddy, I mean, you, you're the man for the eye for this. Uh, classical dream jumped the first like it was a ditch and absolutely flew it and was so, so fresh in himself. Um, he'd probably come on an absolute bundle for that, but he's going to have to because he's been put in his place by the bigger boys there.
2: Yeah, he was very fresh, wasn't he? I mean, you could see him early doors. I mean, he had his head on the floor with Paul Townend, and like you said he was very big at the first. And he just done enough wrong, didn't he? And in the end, he's done enough wrong to get himself beat. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Morgania has been a little bit of a graveyard over the years for
0: favourites. Um,
2: to be yeah, honest, Faheen
0: was beaten by
2: yeah
1: Nichols. No, that as no. well, yeah
2: Nichols Canyon. Yeah, He beat my Nichols Canyon. Um, but I mean, Dermo has always fair play mentioned about Saldier because we've not seen him since that Nace race Um, and that form now is looking so rock solid isn't he obviously unfortunately we haven't got got Gavin Cromwell's horse with us anymore but I mean that is rock solid form and obviously did you say hurt himself at Nace that day Dermot
0: he broke his nose so badly um, that uh, William Mullins said afterwards the the X-ray looked like a bag of cornflakes Um, it it was yeah it was a very bad break, and they probably couldn't gone back, as Danny Mullins was saying afterwards. They probably could have got him back, Patty, to be there at the end of last season, but Willie Mullins thought he'd just benefit from those few extra months. And um, it clearly has paid dividends, but yeah, he's very smart, isn't he?
2: Yeah, no, that was good. And, you know, I mean, the thing is, look, they still have time on their side because he's only five. But, you know, Petty Mouchoir, he took them along at a real good old rattle, and in fairness, he's done well to only get beat a length and a half in the end. Mm. But yeah, couldn't help but be impressed by Saladier. Obviously, the third. Classical dream. He was very skimpy, so you're you're going to be disappointed. But I think on the day he just done enough wrong to get himself beat. So I don't think it was you know I, I don't think it was true ability. Um, he, he did just do enough wrong. But Salier certainly a horse improving. Great training performance to get him back from yeah. a year off to. Um, to turn in an effort like that
1: mm-hmm. I, I agree with that and we don't really know how far Saudi can go we're going to find out yeah. so um, right to be in the mix for a champion hurdle wrong I think to be at the price that he is but then what kind of layers do like that is the bit of form that we have there is there. Like,
0: we haven't seen Penton Hills yet, exactly so yeah. Yet. yeah what can they yeah. do
1: so that's where you are if you want to row in now that's the that's the, the price that's available unfortunately um, 25
0: is in the first podcast I'll just I know those.
1: I so, know yeah. and you were absolutely spot on you're now on a nice ticket if you if you got involved um, Dare apparently is thriving will miss a race course gallop go straight to the fighting fifth no doubt dot up and yep. then be vying right at that top of that market again so uh jury out on classical dream but I do think there's plenty more to come from that when uh, now that one round is out of the way, so uh, interesting. Champion Hurdle picture shaping up. Let's talk about a couple of slower boats that ran at the weekend. I um, probably been a bit harsh to a former Champion Hurdle <laughs> favourite in uh, Yangworth, but they worked out. He's finally a stay and Now they've worked out. He's a bank's horse. Um, I was, uh, I thought, I thought he did enough to uh, enter that picture. I was uh, a leading fancy.
0: He did. Um, I heard people say afterwards that they were kind of worried about him staying in the three mile six. I thought that if he anything. He snuff. was just kicking in when yeah, yeah. you know when the race was coming to the end. He looked too slow to go past him at one point, and I thought, oh. He's in trouble here and he just stayed and stayed and stayed like I think the the distance won't be a problem. I think nothing beats Tiger all. I think that's that's the simplicity of it anyway. But Yamward has to be his biggest challenge. I mean, he's done more over hurdles, he's done as much if not more over fences. Yeah. Um, he's a really proper proper challenger and then the French horse obviously the one that beat um the Gragan as well um, that one horse looks wasn't it Dallier y- or something yeah, cool. yeah yeah he looked really impressive as well so it's a very decent year for the cross country Tiger Olds obviously still the one to beat but Enda Bulger sweetened this horse up something yeah. fierce that was a really good training performance and Mark Walsh um, is a jockey that really deserves a mention as well he gave that a peach he's giving everything peaches of late altogether, mm-hmm. and I thought he was absolutely superb
1: okay uh i I was impressed enough i expected him to win and he did go and win he's 10 to 1 i think now behind tiger roll in that cross-country betting Uh, it's nice to have a potential match up there paddy
2: yeah it certainly is um i mean the thing is i'm not really sure would mark what would he normally ride in them banks races or not
0: he does he does, Paddy. He likes of him and David Russell. Them seem to just love them. They'll they'll kind of get on anything. Tony uh, McInerney would ride more so than Mark Walsh. But when there's yeah. a good one, Mark Walsh uh, wouldn't Mark shy away isn't from it. Getting
1: off this one, yeah, no, no, he wouldn't shy away at all from it. No, yeah,
0: he's definitely got a well, chance. That's, yeah.
2: that's, I suppose it's just mo- probably more so the, the, the Cheltenham Cross Country races. A lot of the, the sort of more senior lads don't ride in the in the Cheltenham races. But the other day, I mean the thing is there was some proper good banks horses in in that race the other day and in fairness they didn't take Yanworth out of his comfort zone at any point during yeah. the race turning you know the the, the the horse that made the run and you know he's a proper banks horse and he made a real good fist of it but they never really had him under any serious pressure jumping wise um and you could see you know several of the pictures of him going around yeah he, he really really enjoyed himself and the thing about him is you watched him go down to the last which was a hurdle he actually pricked his ears and had a look at it. Because I'd say, since he's gone to end the Bulgers, he's probably not jumped a conventional hurdle or offence since the minute he got there. He'd have jumped everything bar, I'd say, just to sweeten him up. and yeah. you know, banks and walls and everything. But, um, no, that that was real good. And, I mean, the thing is, I looked out to his record the other day. He hadn't won since he won the Dipper. Um, God, it was like three or four years ago, uh, the Dipper at Cheltenham. So it was a massive performance to 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 bring him back, and 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 great to see him.
1: Yep. I agree i'm looking forward to him staying over banks and giving tiger roll something to think about tiger rolls injury doesn't seem to be anything too uh, significant so they don't seem to have any concerns they will get him back and I mean, you've got the Cleo horses coming in that actual race has a bit of a focus around it for the festival of course there would be with tiger roll in it anyway yeah, but so. you don't want it just a parade you want him to actually go on and and win the race if he can uh battle over doyen i was under enthused but i seem to be in the masses there uh, we might have a keith said Claxon coming on here in a second uh demo battle over doyen
0: yeah, I um, I said it on Twitter on Sunday and uh, Keith said it yesterday in his piece as well. I don't see the negativity with this run. Uh, he was running over two and a half miles. Clearly a three miler. He beat any second now. Who's a Cheltenham Festival winner who's rated 150. He stayed on past them. RSA horses don't have that much of a turn of foot. He doesn't have it either, really. It didn't look like it anyway. Um as well as that, he backed up relatively quickly enough from Galway, so that kind of spark might have just been out of him. Um, I thought he did everything uh, that he that he could do. He won the race, and whilst the RSA potentially we haven't seen a lot of them yet is looking like an absolute belter of a race, he he deserves to be where he is in the market, and um, he's beaten there a 150 rated uh, Shell Festival winner who's at 10 more runs than him. So the experience he would have gleaned from that as well is huge, and I thought yeah no. Uh, Okay. more power to
1: yeah okay fair enough I mean he does definitely deserves to be where he is in the reckoning for races like <laughs> that uh, like I say I was a bit under enthused The fact that a couple of fences were taken out of the race maybe didn't help him yeah, either I he's, a, him at all, no. he's a big old brute um, enhanced his reputation Paddy or, uh, or not so
2: no, God, I, I'm with Dermo. I was impressed because I just think his jumping is fabulous. The other day, he done everything. Like, yeah. that downhill fence, I know there was a couple of fences out, but that first one, when they turn along the side of the track before they turn in, that fourth last, I mean, Davey Russell, he really gunned him down to that, and he put down on him. And, I mean, at the time, obviously, it was a, it's a downhill fence, but for such a big lad, he put down, and he was absolutely mustard on his feet. I mean, he was so quick. For me... 7 out of 10 horses would have busted that fence and probably come down, whereas he ended up not touching a twig. Um, he's very, very good. Fair enough, the second horse, he's no mug. Um, he got him out it turning in. But when Davy wanted him down to the second last and he really had to stretch him, he's come and he was brave. And same again, down to the last. He needed him and he, he's asked him up and he's not let him down. And um, I mean, I, 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 I certainly wouldn't take from that performance at all. It was nice to see that he can go and, and sort of grind it out as well. But the big thing that is going to stand to this horse is his jumping because although he's the one blip so far is at Sheldon people are always going to going to be against him on, until he can he can um, he can tick that box but for now I think his jumping is really going to be his, his A game
1: Okay. Um, Anyone wants to check out that column as well on bookmakers.co.uk from Keith. He does talk at length about Battle Over Doyen and not to be disappointed with what I felt was an under-enthused performance, but that's my view. Um, Let's talk about Cheltenham Chaps because uh, we have... um, unfortunately lost the Friday but we did get um, some cracking racing across Saturday and Sunday Um we well, why don't we start with the Bet Victor Gold Cup uh, It was won by Kerry Lee's Happy Diva who is unfortunate in the race the year before um, and when and got it done this time round. but we have another unfortunate story from the race this time round in the lights of Slate House who's actually gone and got a six pound rise I think for I hitting think, the yeah. deck which is very tough on him but I'd imagine that's only fair and there is uh, there's probably a Caspian Caviar Gold Cup in them if he if he's yeah. none the worse, and he comes back and um, um, a happy diva demo, um, kind of just desserts really for a hardworking team and and a good mare.
0: Yeah, look, Kerry uh, Lee is very similar to Venetia Williams, isn't she? And that when the ground starts that's kind of collapsing, she she starts thriving. And I thought um, Happy Diva was very good. Now, like the whole dynamic now of handicaps at Cheltenham, it really does seem to be changing. Um, looking for the un unexposed sorts doesn't seem to cut the mustard at all anymore, uh, you're looking for the likes of Happy Diva, Breland Das, all these horses that have been there and kind of done it before, and I know Slate House was probably going to win the race, you'd have to be very confident that he was, so he would have been the underexposed sexy horse, but if you look at the horses all in behind, they're all horses who've been there, done it. Happy yeah. Diva was off for highest ever rating, um, so the whole, the whole thing of trying to look for these, these kind of lower weighted horses doesn't really ring true, but the only horse, apart from ha- Happy Diva, who is very good, um, and Slate House, obviously I thought Magic Saint was eye like, catching enough. Yeah. Um, kind of travelled very well, kind of couldn't get into it. Like a lot of them behind couldn't. Uh, but Magic Saint, I'd imagine he'll still be a big price next time for something like the Caspian Caviar. Slate House is going to be massively overbet now on the back of that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so, the likes of Magic Saint definitely, I think, is. Is worth to go afterwards?
1: Okay, Paddy. It was a good bet, Victor Gold Cup, as Adem was saying, kind of like the older warriors coming to the fore there, the ones that have been and done it round Cheltenham. You might be making a good point there. I thought it was a very good ride by Richard Patrick as well.
2: Yeah, it really was. And I mean, I think this was deserved for Happy Diva, wasn't it? Because has had some close calls um, round Cheltenham, but generally has got a pretty good record round there. But I mean, there was a big gap back to the third. Um, and a great winner for Kerry Lee, you know. Just she had a very, very moderate year last year and. Fair play. Certainly, things look like she's going to have a better season this time around. But yeah, it was well deserved. Good ride by Richard Patrick, and it was a good day on the big stage for him because he is a capable lad that probably, you know, a lot of people haven't seen seen much of. You know.
1: Yeah, I would echo that for sure. Um and, and fair play to them, big day in the sun. Slate House will have another day. Hopefully he's none the worse for that fall. And like Derma said he'd probably be overbet for a Caspian cabo. He's pretty much overbet for this. Yeah, and right. it's gone wrong. Just shows you what can happen even if you have the right horse in a in a big competitive field like that. Um let's talk about some of the uh the no previous top bumper form coming out and, and going in all over the place. Time Hill won again on the card at the weekend. Uh, Blue Sari was a winner as well. Um, we're not going to see lights like, and Malone Road now this season, unfortunately, but um, at Time Hill just doing, I think they're very, very happy with, with that horse at the Hobbs team and it, almost going under the radar by mopping up the early stuff
0: yeah Hobbs' team is flying as well Uh, it has to be noted um, since he kind of came out of that 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 smoke of the the kind of the sickness in the yard he's really flown he's a brilliant trainer but like the first six in that champion bumper now have come out and won since and Viala looks a machine Blue Sari trip wise there's a bit of question marks I still think he's a bit of a stare to be honest with you I'm not sure Uh, people seem to be thinking that he's speedy I thought he needs a bit of a further trip if anything but I'm uh, I'm known to be wrong Dean but Time Hill is um, is is very good, but I just, every time I watch him run, I just keep thinking, hopefully he doesn't bump into envy Allen, who's clearly <laughs> just...
1: They're probably thinking that too, but they're winning while <laughs> while they're not going to yeah, bump into yeah. each other, so that's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, this bumper form looks strong, Paddy, and uh, the the horses that are coming out and making it look so obviously.
2: Yeah, it's rock solid so far, isn't it? You really couldn't crab it at all. I mean, Time Hill certainly looks like a horse on the improve and great to see the Hobbs team doing so well now, and they've got a real good one here in, in Time Hill, and like I say, blue sari as well. And just in the in the last couple of weeks, that Shelton and Bumper form has taken several boosts, hasn't
1: it? Yeah, it has. Um, you mentioned, I mean, we've all mentioned um, Wax and Lyrical about Hobbs and, and their uh, kind of return to form and some good horses about Deffy Desoy being the stable star winning there. And well, I thought it was more impressive than the, certainly the length and a quarter will look on the, uh, on the records there. But to win the Schlerce like you did, Paddy, uh, pretty impressive. I'm not even sure two miles it's trip to be honest.
2: You know, it was a very good effort, wasn't it? I mean, he does like Shelton Deffy to side, doesn't he? And Barry Geraghty has always had a very high opinion of him. But, I mean, I suppose it was just a bit disappointing the way the race was run. You know, the, the fractions were very, very moderate, to be honest. And then, obviously, that third-last fence out. I mean, you know, there was four horses in a line jumping the second-last. Really, going around the third-last, I still hadn't actually got racing. Um, it was just a proper dash from the turn-in, really. And, I mean, even the likes of, you know, Simply Ned, although he was six and a quarter lengths behind um Deffy DeSai, if he hadn't have made a, a which was a very, very costly error at the second last, he could have been a good bit closer. But you know, all simply Ned is twelve years old. And I just thought visually on the day it was a disappointing race to watch um good that Defy DeSai did. Come back to form um, because on the day it looked maybe visually like he might actually need the run, but very good effort. But I just disappointed the way the race turned out. Unfortunately, we didn't have anybody to take them along at a proper gallop, but still, nonetheless, he's enhanced that good. Cheltenham record of his, and, and, and it was good to see him back to somewhere near his best.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a big uh, boost for Lights of Lost in Translation when Deffy goes and wins, and likewise when Lost in Translation goes That's and right. wins, a big boost for Deffy Um, For me, Dermo, for a horse that was cribbed beforehand in terms of reappearance runs, um, they obviously got plenty of work into him. And I don't think they may have done enough with the Lights of Politolo from the front end, and that might have just thrown it at Deffy DeSoy but he still had to go and do it. And it yeah. almost looked like when Barry does press the button, he will win and that's what he did
0: yeah but we're talking about a two and a half miler who showed more pace than a bunch of two milers so exactly, like yeah. uh, Defi the there deserves massive praise I'd be firing him into that two mile division out
1: but they're going this to year yeah, yeah like
0: I think he the, the speed he showed Altior has proven that staying two milers are, are the way to go really yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously he'll have Checking Pour Sois to worry about but we, like, we don't really know how good he is yet now he did put Defi in his place but mm-hmm. Defi was coming back from you know Deffy won't be the first or last talk horse to, to flop reserve, after Cheltenham. Like. Touch of
1: the reserve tanks about Shaquan so I'll come in at the end, be up yeah. the ones that have been going to the parties. All really the time.
0: impressive, no doubt, but we we need to see more from him first before we commit to it. Like, uh, so, I'm very impressed with him. I kind of obviously holding fire. I wouldn't be backing him yet for anything else. Like, you need to see him do it again. But the options are really open for him because let's say you do go to a Tingle Creek with him, which I'm not sure they will, or whatever. One of those races, he shows he doesn't say two. You know, he says two and a half. Uh, next season, you could even think about going up the tree, you know. So he's one of these horses um, that he's a joy to own because the the options are are endless
1: yeah I I think he's a gold cup standard horse whether he can extend that far out and trip I think he's at that level and if they can do that with him that would be very exciting for next year Ryanair for me looks like an absolute penalty kick for him this year but it's entirely up to uh, connections and of course uh, JP will well well, him and Frank will have the final say about what they do (laughs) Homsey will do as he's told Uh, let's talk about the Greatwood I was uh, again I was just a bit uh, obviously my pick didn't go too well Cantista ran okay in midfield and actually the two Henderson horses were a little bit disappointed Pointing on it, uh, Alan King had lined one up though, Paddy, and Harambe was the winner at sixteen to one. Uh, he was mildly confident about it, but I don't think punters were all too involved.
2: No, sixteen to one, he went off in the end. Um, this was a funny old race again because I mean, on paper it looked like they were going to go a million here pace wise, but they literally hacked up all the way past the stands, and it wasn't really until they set away down the hill away from the stands that, that they actually got racing. Um, I thought it was a very good ride by Tom Bellamy on Harambee because in the Persian War at at Chepstow on his return, he was far too keen and gassy, and and he just couldn't get him anchored at all, and he actually done well to finish where he did, but with the sort of fractions they said the other day, he's done well to keep his lid on. I know they they did have a run into him and got some gas out, but still, um, he's done so well to get him settled, and I thought the horse in third, He's run a blinder, uh, Michel Lecoq, because he was jumping his hurdles like fences, early doors, and, you know, he was given a positive ride by Lizzie Kelly in the end, and, you know, he was only run out of it um, late on. Um, what else was a Gumball got a real good run down the stand side under Ben Jones. He's run well, but I thought the horse to take out the race for me was the fourth horse, Queen Enough of M. Williams's. Yeah. You know he's only five year old and i thought adam wedge gave him an absolute peach of a ride and delivered him at the just at the right time but he's still quite green and inexperienced this horse and as soon as he jumped the last he started to run around and you know he he just covered ground that he really couldn't afford to to, to cover and but in the end he wasn't beat that far but it was a very very exciting race and nice winner for 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 tom bellamy and and um you know hopefully it will just help him now that wayne hutchinson is retired just to uh to get him up the picking order there
1: yeah seems to have got him landed himself in the right spot with alan king doesn't he demo and harambe if you look at the second and third gumball and monster Cock, gumball was in red hot form yeah and obviously
0: won really he was well a very last good horse time too, like, yeah.
1: yeah and monster lakot could be something pretty special for that team Um, so i guess it's a decent front free
0: it is and the fourth i'm the exact same as paddy i have him down here as being one of the real eye catches of the race the other one i had as well was um dame the campaign of uh I think that's that's really outpaced badly really outpaced Um, something like the Coral Cup if they could get her mark up um, she'd be running there over 2-4 at Cheltenham Mm -hmm. she'd It's not that she didn't handle Cheltenham. She was fine at Cheltenham. It was just the pace of the race, which I know wasn't plentiful. Just two miles is not her bag whatsoever. Um, So she's a horse that once she goes up and trips, she'll be very interesting because she stayed on so powerfully at the end. Um, That ground looks to me like that's exactly what she wants. And just uh, before we take our break, obviously, as well, uh, there was one horse in the same colours for J.P. McManus, who ran yesterday. A bit off topic now at Ferry House. If anyone hasn't seen how well on it, unaccepted Mm -hmm. one yesterday off a 753 day break is definitely something to watch because JP McManus has one hell of a team this season Uh, this horse a typical Willie Mullins and JP horse you don't know where they're coming from but they just seem to come out and win easy Um, but JP McManus now this year has a serious team
1: yeah, it's really shaping up. You don't know what Joey has as well that yeah, we haven't clue. seen yet. There could be a, yep. a, f- a few Raiders to come out of there uh, just yet. Okay, I'm assuming there's nothing else to catch up on over the weekend um, from what was some really nice races. Thank God they got Saturday and Sunday on or it would have been a very blank first half of the race hour this week. Okay, let's take a break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about Ascot, Haydock, and uh, the Troy Town at Navan. <laughs> you're listening to the race hour podcast brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk check out bookmakers.co.uk
2: each and every day for tips news and the best odds for horse racing looking for a new
1: bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry you'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk sponsors of the race hour and welcome back to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's myself, Dean Ryan, Dermot Nolan, and Paddy Aspel. Um, we're in the second half of this week's race out so what we're going to do is take a look at the racing to come up from Ascot, Haydock and a little bit of Navin on Sunday and we'll try and find a few winners for you uh, there's only really one place to start at Ascot is the Christie 1965 chase a uh, grade 2 affair which is a big class drop for one of the I would need wrestling Altior <laughs> likely to take on uh, as well I'm going to call him Sire name but everyone else thinks calling him Sire name uh, it could be a field of five lining up uh, here Paddy last year you were telling me that Altior looked like he was at two miles like he was getting a little bit bored and um, that there was potential for him to absolutely go and floor himself at some point uh, it didn't happen he managed to he managed to get away with it almost last year uh, mopping up everything over two miles it's great that he's gone up and trip two mile five looks like the return for altior and he's taking on the top rated chaser in uh the uk pretty remarkable stuff
2: yeah it's it's unreal, when you look at the ratings really, when you look at what Altior has done and what Surname has done, I really can't sort of come to the conclusion how Surname is rated a pound higher than him. It's a mockery. It's it's just, you know, I was looking last night, I mean, obviously Surname has improved and you know, he is only, he, he's two years younger than Altior, he is improving but when you look at his record compared to Altior's, I mean, how they can come to them figures is just an absolute mystery but Nonetheless, that's that's um, that's the way it is. But yeah, when you were saying about Altior, Dino, the thing about this horse is I've just found it's it's only in his last three races that he started doing this thing to the jumping to the left. Now he's not just done it round uh, right-handed tracks. He'd done it at Cheltenham as well um, when he ran in the Queen Mother. Um, now obviously it doesn't matter um, left-handed track, but he still did it. Um, but it was in the um, the Clarence House uh, in January that he, he started doing it uh, when he beat Fox Norton. Now, in the end, he won by seven lengths, but, I mean, it was really drastic that they, they, they jumped to the left thing. Um, but he did it on a couple of occasions when we last seen him as well at Sandown in the Bet365. Fair play to connections that they've set them up and trip uh, because they always knew that they were going to bump into surname. So you've got to take your hat off the connection because they could you know, give each other the run around, couldn't they? And, and you know, keep winning, keep this unbeaten record. But fair play, um, you know, and, and you've got to take your hat off the connections. But this is going to be very, very interesting because although I did crib surnames, um, his new mark, them last two performances, the last one in particular, I mean, it's just what they've done with this horse. I don't honestly know because really before the last two wins, it was just off the back of, it was a 56 day break. What they've done, I don't honestly know. But, I mean, them, them two performances, both at Ascot, I mean, first one, he's won by 21 lengths. Next one, he's beat, waiting patiently, by 17 lengths in the in the Betfair Ascot chase. Just phenomenal. And the way he travels and jumps, just so strong, uh, very exuberant. This is going to be very, very interesting. But the thing about here is, although he's up in trip, obviously, they, they're going to be able to take their time a little bit on Altior. But he's going to get a lovely tour around here, so I'd be really disappointed if I see him doing this business out to the left again. Because you would think he's going to have a bit more on his plate here. The fractions are going to be stronger. He's going to be a bit more on his A game. So I think we've just got to wait and see um, if if he does go back into to to this old routine again. Because you know he can't afford to do it. Not off level weights with the likes of surname who who is really on the
1: improve. You know, it's fascinating. I don't know whether. Nico is even having sleepless nights over this, to be honest, because when you look at surname scioname, um, from where he started off last year and Paddy rightly point out, he seemed to improved out of all recognition to do what he did against waiting patiently and the likes of Politologue and ASO and that, that race is actually decent horses in behind. It's not just a freakish performance, although it was a freak performance on ratings in the end. Um, for me, Nico would just do whatever Altio wants to do and should dot up. How can he not beat? Surname. I think I'll have to I, I, I'm going to say I'd give up the game but I won't do that because I know I'll be here next week
0: Do you do know that, that uh, surname's mark is actually you can trace it back to being QCard's fault Like, <laughs>
1: yeah that's true yeah because true. It's like
0: waiting patiently beat QCard really easily in the Ascot chase the year before the handicapper has a real problem with bringing these horses back down in rating um, leaves them where they are it's an emotional thing which shouldn't happen QCard was waning that season his rating should have been dropped accordingly what happened was he was left in the high 160s because he'd previously achieved that level and what happens then is Waiting patiently beat him so you have to push him up to be a 170 horse. Then Waiting Patience is not as good as that as we found out since despite the fact that I absolutely love them but he's not as good as that. Surname beats him then by 16 17 lengths. Well, you've no choice then. You you have to push him up to be the best chaser because you're kind of running down and you have to vindicate your marks that you've been giving all along and that's the way it's worked out Surname is a very good horse Altior is meeting him here in his backyard this is where Surname puts his best performances in Yeah, uh, he's a typical Paul Nichols horse and Paul Nichols just improves these horses no end he's an amazing trainer but all being right and all being fair and if he does stay which we think he should there's no reason Altior shouldn't be beating surname. Um, If he doesn't beat him, we'll never see him going up and trip again. He'll be straight back down to two. I really hope he wins just for that reason because Nicky Henderson is putting out all these sounds that he's he might be too speedy to stay. You can see, I think he half regrets saying anything about this at all. Mm. Um, but Altior w- uh, should go up and trip and I think he'll beat Surname Uh, but it's a definite watching race but if Altior is the raciest now and he's declared it'll be hard to stay away from that prize too
1: Uh, I'm very kind of torn between you know what is he 11.08 on uh, thinking that that's just a gift pre-Christmas but you know the trip uh, I'm thinking uh, what if he goes attacking it early on and he blows himself up I just it's it's fascinating I'm probably not going to wade in but I think I'm going to regret not wading in on the basis that even if Surname was getting a stone I'd want to back Altior, uh, Paddy, will Altior beat Cernay? Um, I think he would. Uh, Altior is a horse that,
2: you know, every time you look at him, you just think, "Are we ever going to find the bottom of him?" Um, yeah. Because you know we've seen him do so many daft things in races that he's doing it because he's only he's not in top gear. So that for me we we've yet to get to the bottom of them so it's going to take an absolute massive effort per sur- by surname but this is going to be his stiffest test to date and surname like i say he absolutely loves it around ascot He's, he is a proper racehorse this surname mm. but Altior's Altior's just a freak and uh, i would have to agree with you you know if if he was still hovering around that price i'd be happy to fill my boots
1: yeah that's kind of where <laughs> i'm at um yeah that is exactly where i'm at i just think the only danger to him is himself and i probably feel that way in a king george providing he gets this done too um so yeah fascinating it's great to have it fair play to connections if they do go through with that at the weekend and uh sign name surname takes on out we'll see whether uh the old ratings guys have got it anywhere near right they're wrong by the way but let's see uh, if they've got it anywhere near right okay let's move on to uh, some other races at Ascot. it's not all about the one race although it kind of is the 240 uh, is the coral hurdle and um, call me lord is priced up here as favorite we'll see roxana again uh, um, if the cat Fits is uh, potentially to line up there for Harry Fry, uh, Grand Sansi and Le Patriot, and then a few of the rags, which include the very admirable Little Rockefeller, do you have a horse for this demo?
0: Yeah, I thought Roxana is going to take the absolute world of beating here. Um, if the Cat Fits won this last year, but he's uh, he's six pounds higher this year, so that means that there's the exact same weight differential between uh, Roxana and If the cat Fits as there was at entry when there was only a head between them. Uh, Roxana that day was kind of. I was up the tree. This this is more her trip, in my opinion. Uh, she is a mare's hurdle winner, blessed mare's hurdle winner. But still, she would have been a very good second on the day anyway. Um, so I just think she's she's really classy. She's getting weight all around here. She gets seven pounds again for if the cap fits. Who's a really admirable horse who Harry Fry has done a wonderful job with. But I think Roxana is um, is very good. She was unlucky last time at Aintree when I think as brilliant a jockey as he is, if. Um, if Harry Skelton got that race back he might, re- might ride that a bit differently uh, Top Notch was kind of given a bit of a run and when he tried to come back um, on Roxana, she just kind of couldn't quite get there uh, she's a super mare uh, she's fit she's, she's ready to go and I think 11 to 4 is a whopping price on her
1: Okay I'm kind of in the if the cap fits camp I know that the trip is, uh, is a little bit down you have to respect Call Me Lord as well because this might just be the ideal trip for Nicky Henderson's horse probably does revolve around these three Paddy
2: yeah, I think so. It's interesting. I seen Harry Harry Skelton at a winner at uh, Lingfield yesterday, and he interviewed him, and he did say that uh, they were quite tempted with the entry she's got in that listed mayor's race at Kempton as well. Um, she's also got an entry in the Hatton's Grace on um, uh, that. That's that's a bit further. That's the first. Um, but yep. they were saying that the ground at Kempton. You know they could be quite tempting because it's going to be nicer ground. So just be interesting to see whether she actually turns up or not. But I think did run very very well on reappearance at Aintree. Another couple of strides, Um, she'd have been back up. I'm, I'm in agreement with Dermo there. But I thought this was a very interesting race. If the if the cap fits for a seven-year-old, his record is is pretty good. Fresh likes at Round Ascot. Obviously won this race last year, but. He's got very few miles on the clock and he's in really good hands with Harry Fry. Um, The Patriots. interesting to see. When I did look last night, Dickie was jocked up. I can't see him jocked up there. Is he jocked up on your side? Um, No,
1: he's not. Not at the moment.
2: Interesting. He was jocked up last night um, because that form of that horse is really rock solid. Um, And the other one you mentioned, obviously Call Me Lord as well. That was a good... Um, a good reappearance run last season. He was very, very. He, he's been very, very unlucky this call me Lord on several occasions. Mm. Uh, very, very unlucky. The long walk. Um, you know he's no back number at all. You know he's rated one hundred and sixty. Um, the exact same as if the cat fits quite a tight race this
1: yeah i think it's really tight between the top three i mean Dermo's super confident about roxana but i think you could back any one of those top three and just take your chances uh, i'd probably side with if the cap fits but i've no real uh, i've no real intention to go steaming into this race i'm looking forward to it because it does look pretty hot contest and um, the 320 there is an interesting race because diego de chamil versus capeland uh, round two is right on two, yeah. uh, you know if they can negotiate all the fences that'll be some feat demo
0: yeah it could be sold alongside the uh, the the Ruiz fight, couldn't it? Uh, to be on Skybox Office. This is the
1: undercard of Altiel <laughs> versus Sire <Name> and Frank <laughs> Warren's in the corner, going, "Here we go."
0: Yeah, it's um, a very interesting race. Diego de Charmel is jocked up, which is very interesting. With Larkin Williams, obviously keeping oh, yeah, the ride yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. Diego's only gone up six pounds for that run, which isn't um, isn't going to stop him whatsoever. But Caplin was completely left unaffected. Um, so if he does run you can see why but the two of them are going to be over bet for, for obvious reasons I saw during the week there that uh, Paddy's old buddy Knock the nuts has been well backed for this into 6-1 to one now um, but the one th- that I was going to chance um, at a big old price uh, or sorry at an old enough age now but he's uh, he's a real likeable old devil is um, is Sparadek at 12-1 I going to one. say <clears man> at <two>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've Sparadek never been it is, uh, yet big Vanitya fan but Sparadek will um, he won't be stopping he'll get in here nicely at the weights he's well overdue a win but like it was in this race last year that he was a brilliant second behind uh, Cadillin and um, so he should definitely be running here and I I just think at the odds with the fact that his weights are dropping at the moment he'll run off 8 pounds lower but that'll reassess itself on the day but at 12 to 1 I just thought that he's definitely worth a poke
1: Okay, interesting. Paddy, uh, your take on this chase? I mean, I, I'm quite keen to ignore what happened between Diego de Chameau and Caplan uh, last year and have a look at this Evan Williams horse who could be anything the last day, who looks really exciting. But I was hoping for a much better price. That one's already heading the market. Paddy, where are you going with this?
2: Yeah, no, I was, uh, you took the words right out of my mouth about the last day because... That race at Aintree, he went round so full of running. Um, I mean, sometimes Adam Wedge, he's, a, he's one of these lovely, quiet riders. It's hard to judge. He, he's, he's very sort of Paul Maloney-esque. He sits very quiet on horses. Sometimes it is hard to judge how much horse he's got underneath him. But nonetheless, this chap at Aintree absolutely bolted up. Um, and I'm just looking on, on race and admin. He is jocked up, Adam Wedge. So hopefully they are going to turn up. He's got a lovely racing waist. I mean, if Dolos isn't declared, the weights are only going to go up two pounds. So, he, at worst, he's going to have 10-12. Um, Diego de Charmel will will, um, will carry top weight. Uh, but very, very interesting, this chap. But same thing, the bookies haven't, they didn't miss that entry performance either. They were quite taken. I mean, his record is pretty good. You know, for a seven-year-old, very, very low mileage, Dino. Um, you know, he's a horse that's really on the improve. 142 now I still think that Evan Williams could do do a bit of damage off that mark.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think he looks um yeah, potentially the one to step forward from them who've been taking each other on and, and destroying fences around the country, as we know. Uh, let's have a look at Haydock. Uh, the 2.25 uh, is going to see Liz nagar return uh, to hurdles potentially for Rebecca Curtis in their stayers handicap hurdle. Uh, three miles and a half of furlong in front of them. Umbrigado's in here for David Piper, who of course had his little peak back in the form at that November Cheltenham meeting, um, and he'll set the standard perhaps, but I'm quite interested in Liz nagar going back over uh, hurdles because I don't think chasing is where they're going to make much hay this year and there's an interesting runner in there for Anthony Honeyball who I know they think a lot of which, which is AC Milan Paddy I might go to you first in here there's three or four horses I like in the race looks a tricky one to sort out at this stage
2: yeah it is isn't it I mean you've got to be I was I was desperately disappointed with Liz Nagar Oscar because I wasn't disappointed he got beat on reappearance but I mean god that, that race behind um, Tom George's horse Black Stratford up, yeah yeah, I mean, he literally he, he was never involved. Um, I mean, he was beaten nearly a distance in the end. So so disappointing. And I mean, obviously connections are, have gone back over hurdles. Obviously, he—he's got a good record at the track. Liz Nagar Oscar. Um, when I did look last night, Brian Hughes was jocked up to ride him. Have you got Brian Hughes
1: your end? Uh, no jockey here on the race in post, Paddy. But he did look last night. He was jocked up. I'd say they're um, going to go here. Hey. Eh? I'd say they're definitely going to pitch
2: up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is a very, very competitive race. I think, look, uh, off the back of that Stratford effort, I, I would just... You know, I do like Liz Nagar Oscar through, through that, that Dickie Diver form, but um, that Stratford one for me would take a bit of forgiving. I know, obviously, it, it, it's a different... Um, they were the larger obstacles, but he's, he's got to... Um, He's got something to prove now after that effort. I thought there were some more interesting ones here, to be honest. I thought the obviously Umbregado coming back off a 231 day absence, but he's got a good record. His horse, um, fresh the yarder in very, very good order at the minute. The pipe team, I thought the skeleton horse was interesting. Flash of Steel that was a good effort last time, and obviously Champagne Court. Um, who he was in receipt of a good bit of weight from last time at Chepstow. He's gone and absolutely bolted up twice over fences yeah. since uh, Champagne Court. So that form looks pretty strong. Bridget Andrews is jocked up uh, as well. So it looks like they're maybe going to go. And then there was a horse right down the bottom, whether they go or not. But Sam Tristan is jocked up on one for the team. He's going to have a lovely race with 10 stone, three for Nick Williams. Uh, he's only five-year-old this he's got an awful lot more to prove than some of the others here but you know he is very very low mileage and unexposed and Nick Williams is having a pretty good time of it um, so he could be one of the more interesting ones as well.
1: Yeah it's a fascinating race Demo I mean there's plenty of need you can make case for like, I didn't even mention a couple of my other favourites in the race like Stony Mountain uh, that could line up here I could be struggling to nail my colours I think.
0: Yeah I've, I've actually backed two in this uh, this morning uh, Kilbrick and Storm first of all uh, who's a horse who's obviously been Frustrating, I think. uh, Fence's last season just just really soured his whole season, it it just went very wrong there afterwards. But he's on a mark now that he can definitely strike off. Um, he'd be be high up enough in the weights, but that wouldn't worry me too much. I think he could just be the real class one of these. Uh, you know, he's an Albert Bartlett winner, um, that's that's decent form. You you know, you've got the likes of, of Santini back in third that day, so there's absolutely nothing wrong with that form. Um, I was thrilled to see. A bit of money this morning for him, so I have backed him. I think off the mark, there's definitely a race in him if Tizard can just get him back. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that I've backed as well is uh, Dolphin Square at 20 to 1. You I found fan- him
1: last week, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: I fancied him last week for Chaldum, Uh one over two, two miles five and a half a Wing Canton. It uh, looked like whatever trip you wanted him him to stay, he will stay. And an honourable mention has to be given uh, to uh, Mr. David Maxwell, Paddy. He, he doesn't look the most uh, comfortable at times, but He's improving a lot, Paddy, isn't he?
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he's keen as mustard, isn't he? And <laughs> in fairness, obviously, you know, he, he's a wealthy fella. He puts plenty of money into the game. And, and, and you know, he's keen to ride them himself. I do think he has improved a bit. Um, you know, there's no doubt. But look, he's the owner. He pays the bills. If he wants to ride them, he rides them. But fair play. I mean, he's, um, he's had a pretty good run of late, But, you know from a punter's point of view, it's a bit difficult because, you know, from the back of the last, whether he's on the best horse or not, unless he's got an awful lot in hand, if he is jumping the last upsides, you know, um, Robbie Power or, or Harry Skelton or Dickey, You've always got to have that in the back of your mind, but
1: nonetheless, he, he is he is having a, a good run at he so He's <laughs> running them for himself; like he doesn't care whether you got your tenor on yeah. or, or I've yeah. got my tenor on. And he's it. not going <laughs> to sack himself either, is love he? Yeah. that. Like fair play to him. I mean, yeah, as a punter, Paddy, you make a good point. You don't want to be steaming in because anything could go wrong, and he's, he's got far less experience than anyone else. But um, he's he's having a good go at it. Don't he don't gave man.
0: that one a Chelham a peach last weekend, he as well, did, to be yeah, fair to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, definitely. Look, look, the the finish is always going to be a concern with him, but I think this. Uh, Dolphin Square will, will be staying on he got up to him by a head last time under David Maxwell um, so it's um, he'll have his chance if he does turn up but again it's 16-1 to 1 for Kilbrick and Storm and 20-1 to 1 for Dolphin Square I'm kind of happy to take my chance there
1: Okay, I think we've mentioned the winner I do we've mentioned at least nine of these so <laughs> <laughs> we will be claiming that uh, next week to know which one it is Dermo seems more confident uh, than the rest of us but uh, an interesting race anyway that field might shrink a little bit but it does seem like most of the connections are pretty keen to go and take that stairs hurdle in uh, the Betfair chase is on uh, gents it's normally Bristol to my day uh, I'm not sure it will be this time around Dermo lost in translation is, uh, is in to take him on along with uh, actually Ballyoptic who's massively improved and uh, I see Altior's enter, but we can scratch that. Uh, Froden is in there too.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's between the top two. Altior's obviously, <laughs> it'd be madness to go for this. Um, straight off the bat, but Bristol Demo is a horse that does not get enough respect. This is now a Gold Cup third. Um, you know, a horse that ran well in the JLT. He's, he's um, He did this race last year on good ground. Um, you know, he keeps answering questions to people and people just still don't really respect him um, he's a very good horse he's put in some monstrous performance but Lost in Translation would rank really as being the, the first kind of up-and-comer that's coming for him in this race I yep. mean, last season he beat Might Bite and, and a Native river but them two horses never came back from that kind that of cup battle they had really um, and so I think Lost in Translation is a completely different kind of animal that he'll be facing and I'm not sure his run will continue. I loved uh, Nigel Twiston-Davis. Did you hear him after Valley off the Yeah. But sure, we have the winner of that race in the yard already. I I love that smack talk. He's actually
1: but said he might throw him in for a bit of place money this week, <laughs> which, you know, is, is, is twisting all over. I absolutely uh, love that. Yeah. But
0: I think Lost in Translation, uh, the way he jumps, everything else, as I've said before, it won't lend itself to a Gold Cup, in my opinion, but it'll lend itself beautifully to this race and to King George. And I think at, um, at 13 to 8, I... That's a bet really
1: i expect lost in translation to win but it's gonna be some test paddy because yeah. bristol demai around this track this time of year is um is as good as you'll get so you're gonna to have to go and beat the the, the actual well, it's a home it's a home game for bristol and away game for lost in translation
2: yeah i would agree i mean He's four from four at the track now, isn't he? Bristol de May. He, he goes well, fresh. He is the highest rated in the race, only by a pound from, from Frodo, on mind. who is jocked up. So you can imagine it's going to turn up. But, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, you could maybe sort of label Bristol de May that he just sort of slogs it out at times. But, you know, he has won this race on decent ground as well. Um, I mean, they're giving the chase course just soft and, and, and it's a little bit better on the hurdle course. So, I mean, he has done it on varying grounds around there. He's the horse to beat, but he is coming up against, you know, improvers, even though Bally optic is nine. Um, he has looked better than ever um, this year. I mean, obviously, he's, he's won um, He won the big one yeah. at Weatherby last time. He's got a bit to do with the weights. You know, he's 11 pounds shy of Bristol Demay. Uh, uh, lost in translation, he's the same. He's not very well in at the weights with, with Bristol Demi. He's He's got nine pounds to find, but... I mean, that performance the other day, I mean, look, you can't really go down the form route with with the Carlisle race, but, I mean, literally, he just looked so well in himself, and, you know, he looked like he really enjoyed it, and um, without having too hard a race, you'd hope it would have brought him forward. So, this is going to be a big test for Bristol Demai because, you know, he's the one who's got the crown at the minute, but I think this probably, as far as meeting improving youngsters this is going to be his biggest test to date and I think I would be happier to be with the Tizard horse here because I just love Lawson Translation he's another horse for me he really is very difficult to get to the bottom of.
1: Yep. I think the three of us are uh, in Lost in Translation's <laughs> camp, which is, as Dema said, rather unfair to Bristol to my. But you know, <laughs> they, if we're not taken by him, we're not taken by him. Uh, Froden, Ballyoptic, Elegant Escape make up a, a, a super supporting cast for that Betfair Chase. It will be one of the most fascinating races of the weekend. Lost in Translation could shoot to the top of a Gold Cup market uh, should he win, whereas Bristol to Mai, if it wins, will just be oh, it's Haydock and it's Bristol to my, and yeah, yeah. That's, uh and Lost in Translation as good as we thought uh, I can't wait for it it's going to be fascinating there is a big race on Sunday as well Dermot that perhaps we might throw in uh, to the mix and uh, it's the Labrook's Troy Town at Navin.
0: yeah yeah so again it's a hashtag Keith Dunne who said but it's um, he put up Ravenhill on Monday on his blog um, at 20 to 1 that horse now is uh, is tumbling down through the market Gordon uh, was
1: very complimentary in the uh, press this week
0: as well yeah as well and in his own uh his own stable tour. He mentioned this race for the horse um, and the four miler as well. So look, he's he's working very well at home, is what Keith said. He was twenties. He's still he's still fourteens about to place for him. Uh, he was very unlucky in that Kerry National and the horse that he was second to in Poker Party. He's a proper horse too. So it's um, it's very good form. This is actually a cracking, really, really good renewal you've Tower Bridge there who's second favourite who's very interesting Uh, you've Portmore Lock who could well go off very very short for John Kiley because he'll get in here off uh, a very low mark and uh, when John Kiley has one ready you know them well to to follow it at times but just short enough for me there's one here as well um, at 16 and 20s around the place is Ask Susan uh, for Willie Mullins this horse has been has been very well backed on several occasions doesn't quite seem to get the job done but is clearly on a good mark because connections are <laughs> are obviously no mugs um so he she strikes me as the kind of horse that when the money's not on and everyone forgets about her is the day when she'll absolutely dot up somewhere yeah um and something like the tritown with a really strong pace in front of her will really suit her so she's there but it's very hard to uh, drift away from ravenhill um a twelves who just looks a crack and better. Yeah, you?
1: stable confidence behind Gordon Elliott's yoke there. That's Ravenhill. Uh currently around 14 12 to one. I thought Chris's dream would be interesting if it turned up in here. There's probably room off one four six. Mixed it with uh, some good horses previously, but then it all fell apart Punchers town.
0: And poppy rides as well. Yeah. Um
1: Chris's dream I'd imagine uh, can can certainly show some of these lighter weighted animals what to do in there. What did you make of the Troy Town, Paddy?
2: It's going to be a proper slog, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I really enjoyed this race last year. He won by two uh, per m e. He wasn't have no needs. Um That's right. You're a big no, fan. Yeah, there's no hiding place in, in in this contest. And I mean, you know, I like uh, Discarama, um, but he's a horse. He, he has had obviously. He was in the he lost out in the four miler didn't he? And, but you know, we have seen horses come back from that race. I, I mean, after you watched that at the festival last year, you thought. Jesus, they, they might as well retire all them horses because they're not going to come back from that. But, you know, we've seen Macahy's Hill has come back. And even this Graham after that race actually ran all right at, uh, at Punchestown, didn't he? So, he's an incredibly resolute horse. To say he's six-year-old, um, you know, he's very, very tough. But he's got 11 stone 10 um, on Sunday. Yeah, but he's a very, very good horse. Um, I, I do like him. Chris's Dream, as you mentioned, has got some course and distance form. Port Morocco. i mean god he's going to be in there off 10 stone six uh lovely race and wade after a couple of wins around galway but he's going to have to step forward again you know he's eight year old. whether he's open to as much improvement maybe as others off a mark of 131 i don't know it's debatable but you certainly couldn't ask him to be in any better hands than john Kylie's. but it's a very very wide open race but i wouldn't like to desert Discarama. but if he was to win that would be a serious weight carry performance at 11 stone 10 but he's priced up accordingly around yeah. about 10 to where he should be but it's a it's a wide open market i mean it's 13 to 2 the field
1: yeah i'm looking forward to that on sunday they still unless.
0: haven't decided have they between the hennessy and this race for this grandma. so mm-hmm. he'll be in one or the other which is
1: and even the fact that they're thinking about it must fancy their chances in one of them otherwise it's just well he's not quite ready yeah. we we'll go we we'll stay at home i'd love so, him in hennessy
0: yeah i'd absolutely love yeah, him in yeah you yeah. yeah, can see be, that yeah
1: um, yeah plenty of talent in Discorama um and he left carry a big weight there and beat a few light- a waste- lighter weight lighter ri Weighted types. Jeez, I'll get there in the end. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Chris's dream. I know Dermo's keen on Ravenhill. Uh, fascinating Troy town. Um, there is some really good race on Friday. I just want to throw at you. I think Angel's Breath might line up in the opener there. But I mean, if that field turns up for the opening uh, novices, Chase Lights of Burst's tail, Aegon Deshanais first flow, uh, Mr. Fisher probably won't take him on, but still going to be a fascinating race. Pillow is actually in that. Um, I'd also mention a couple of others on the card through there. Fred, who who is, um, I thought i catching catch him last time. Master Debonair will run again. And Red Force One Friday is a decent day's racing does anyone else want to pick anything out from um, the weekend to come before we do naps
0: yeah so on Saturday in the uh, 2.10 at Goran Park uh, Ronald Pump is entered really really interesting Matthew Smith is a cracking trainer who just improves these horses no end Ronald Pump um, won a handicap hurdle of a very high weight at the Punchestown Festival last year and the performance he put in on his chasing debut he absolutely hammered Getterbird he beat the field just like in the shape of a very good horse because he'll hail from these conditions er, sorry from these uh these connections he won't end up uh, being a shorter price as i think he should be so in the 210 at Gorham park on saturday if he does line up ronald pump is extremely interesting and then one there in the 150 haydock that if he turns up nine to four at the moment he's gonna be much shorter is uh is midnight shadow uh sue smith they her stable of late they can't buy a winner and it was really shown that when your luck is out, it's out. Last time at um, a at Carlisle, this horse was going to win by maybe 20 lengths, and came down uh, when one really had the race at its mercy. And before that, was running a really eye-catching race behind um, behind the Ollie Murphy horse, brewing up a storm. So Midnight Shadow, if he turns up in that 150 on Saturday at uh, at Haydock, will take the absolute world of beating.
1: Okay, a few more then to keep an eye on over the weekend, Paddy. If you've got anything else, uh. Spill, if not, let's have your nap of the weekend, please.
2: Yeah, it's interesting what Dermo says. Danny Cook was in here the other day and he was on about Midnight Shadow. Uh, Dermo um, said he definitely would have won at Carlisle. Yeah. Um, but he said the race wasn't completely in the bag. That's why he had to fire him at the last. But it was only a second run over fences. And in fairness, he said he just changed his mind literally. As soon as he left the floor, he said he just changed his mind. At the last second, or like literally in midair, and the first thing that hit the fence was his chest. And although he, he did get a dirty old fall, he said he was none the worse, but he's got a fair engine that midnight shadow. Um, but that just shows about Sue Smith, she hasn't had a winner since April, and that looked like it was maybe going to be her first one, but yeah, no. she's not getting the rubber of the green at the minute. But no, he, he's he's a fair horse. Um yeah, there was one Dino that I liked in the first a haydock in that listed novice hurdle on Saturday yeah this is a very very good race um be interesting to see whether our mate turns up Red Force one going back into novice company um that'd be interesting because although he won't be the highest rated in the race you know that valuable handicap experience that he's got could really stand him in good stead but there was a horse in here of Jamie Snowden's who was in the process he was going to win at at, he's going to get the hat trick up at Wetherby last time but he just literally he didn't even he didn't even make a mistake he just stumbled um on landing at the back of the last at Wetherby and he was going to get the hat trick up that day i mean he's rated just shy of 140 this horse and jamie snowden is having a very very good season i think he looks the real deal this uh the banner king rebel and if he turns up this is going to be a very very warm race but um he's got that Experience on his side, so um, I'd I'd be happy to be with him.
1: Interesting, they could take on the likes of Fred and Red Force One, and uh, uh Jamie Snowden will be uh, hopeful, I'd imagine, to get the Banner King Rebel back to to winning ways for sure. Okay, your nap of the weekend, Paddy, is that it, or is there another one?
2: No, I was going to go back to the horse we mentioned earlier, uh, the Evan Williams horse. Yeah. you know the last day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he can follow up that injury effort, I just think you know he he won would have fair bit in hand Um, obviously the handicapper has reacted but it'll be interesting to see how far he can go but he's low mileage Evan Williams' horses are in real good nick at the minute and I think Adam Wedge is riding out of his skin so you know I I, I wouldn't have any worries on that front at all so I'd be happy to be with
0: the last day
1: the last day in the 320 at Ascot Demo Uh,
0: hashtag Keith said so the uh, Ravenhill in the uh, Tritown on Sunday
1: okay uh, my nap of the weekend was going to be the last day so uh, <laughs> I'm Altior. No, no, I can't do that I can't do that I don't want a nap lost in translation either I don't want to jinx that poor horse being the one in the, on the five time so I'm, go- I'm going to stick with Evan Williams horse I do think it's a decent bet in a race that is not going to take as much winning and certainly off that mark that he's on I think he's got everything in his favour for that 320 so it's a double uh, positive for the last day Ravenhill for Dermo, and uh, wherever Angel's Breath Fred Master Debonair Red Force One, you can count them all to me how's <laughs> that okay that's <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of uh, the race hour for this week thank you all for listening my thanks to Paddy Aspel thanks to Dermot Nolan thanks to Alex on production you've been listening to the race hour brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk we'll chat to you all next week come on out here you've been listening to the race hour brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk your best bet for tips news and bookmaker reviews